Hello everyone, welcome to Laying Stuff Online. My name is Yanaili Joyce and I'm your host for episode 72. In this episode, we're going to be listening to Vince Giraldi, who serves the Lord with his family here at Langstaff. His message is entitled, The Work of God, and is based on John 6 and Matthew 19. I've entitled my message today, The Work of God. If we can turn to John chapter 6, please. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 28, please. John chapter 6 and verse 28. Then they said to him, the Lord Jesus, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Matthew 19. Matthew 19 and verse 27. Matthew 19 and 27. Then Peter said in reply to the Lord Jesus, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or mother or children or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again, about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first 
and the first, last. The work of God. This is the work of God that you believe. I've, I've loved that verse for many, many years. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because it tells us what the Lord requires first and foremost of each and every one of us. Here are these people, they come to Christ and they're ready to do some big thing for him and, and to push themselves and to sacrifice and to deny whatever they have to and they're expecting this answer from the Lord and he says, this is the work of God. And, and he doesn't say works. They say works. He says work. This is the main work. What you must do. You must believe in the one that God has sent. And of course the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So what the Lord Jesus was saying, you have to believe in me first and foremost. Do you want to do a great thing for me? Do you want to serve me? Well, it all starts with simply resting at my feet, trusting in my word, believing in my person, receiving me as your one and only Savior. This is the work of God. Believing is where it all starts. And we discover, when we start there, we discover that ultimately it is Christ himself who is the great worker. It is our Lord Jesus who has already done the work at the cross. He could say prophetically, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. And he did not come down from the cross until he finished the work. Until he accomplished the will of the Father. And he bore away our sins in his own body on the tree. He finished the work and he is still doing the work today. He is building his church. He is still the great worker. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On a universal scale, he's doing work. At a personal level, he is doing a work. For all that come to Christ and believe in him. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are his workmanship. He is working in our own lives, on a personal level, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He is the potter, we are the clay. And so, if you would like to do great things for God, if you would like to use your life to work for Him, good. That's, that's the best desire a human being can ever have. But it all starts with this is the work of God that you believe on the one whom he has sent. But now, now let's move on from there and go to Matthew chapter 19 and talk about more practical now. Now we have received him as our savior. We realize that there ultimately is no work that we can do to add to his great salvation. He is the great worker. We understand that. But now we certainly do want to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We want to be workers in his vineyard. In Matthew chapter 19, he, he is asked a question by Peter. Uh, Peter says, we've left everything and followed you. We're, we're doing the work. 
what will we have then? What will our wages be? What will our reward be? And grace is poured on the lips of the Lord Jesus. Psalm chapter 45. He is so gracious to Peter because he does not belittle Peter or rebuke him for the question. And you know, I, I might have, I might have said, Peter, don't you don't get it, do you? That here, here you're just wondering, well, what are we going to get? You know, we've done this, and yet I'm the great worker. I'm the one. But, but no, he's so kind to Peter. And he says, Peter, you've given up fishing ships. You will receive a throne. Matthew, you've given up a lucrative career in the tax collection business. You will receive a throne. Nathaniel, you have given up a seat in the synagogue, maybe even in the Sanhedrin. You will receive a throne. All of you will receive thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I will recompense you for the work and your service for the greatest of masters. And for sure, they were thinking that this reward was going to be in their immediate lifetimes. That's as far as their faith could take them. But in God's time, they will receive the reward that he has promised. He says, don't worry. I'm going to make sure that you are fully compensated for all of the work and the service that you've done for me. But now he, he wants to teach them a lesson as well as all who are listening around him. And he, tells, and he tells them the parable of the workers in the vineyard. There's so much that we can learn from this parable, but I just want to take one lesson in particular from it. And here's the one I want us to think about today. In this parable, the Lord is warning about comparing ourselves with other workers. That's the main message I get from the, the, work, uh, the, the parable of the, of the workers in the vineyard. And you, you kind of see that already in Peter's question. We have left all. Well, well, what can we get? You know, we're, we're, we're a little bit higher. We've sacrificed a little more. So I'm expecting, Lord, that we're going to get an even greater reward. And the Lord graciously answers this question, but now he's going to teach them all the lesson. To not compare yourself with the other workers in the vineyard. Focus on your own work that God has asked you to do. Focus on your own attitude and how you do the work. Because it's not the amount of work, it's not the quantity of work that's important. The Lord is teaching here that it's the spirit in which the work for the master is done. It's the heart that our Lord, our God, is always more interested in. It's not the outward what we're doing. It's what spirit we are doing the work in. You see, the early laborers, they had started at 6 o'clock in the morning. They were asked to work a whole day, and, and they, were, they were promised a denarius for it. Okay, that was the, the regular pay for a full day's work. And they had physically worked the hardest. They had borne the heat of the day. And, and they, were, they worked steady the whole day. Maybe, maybe a break here or there and a lunch. But they had worked really hard. That's not being taken away from them. But because of the fact that they had worked so hard, they now felt superior to the other workers who had worked less than them. You, you can hear it just in, in the way they address the master of the vineyard. These last. 
these workers, they didn't work as long as we did, as hard as we did. You can hear the contempt for them, the pride in their hearts. What are they compared to us? What have they done in comparison to what we've done? They're not equal to me. I've worked harder. I've done more. I deserve more than they do. We should not be paid equally. This is unjust. And so, by speaking these words to the master, they're not only judging their fellow workers, they're also judging the master himself. No fair! You're not being just. We should not be treated equally. And that's why the master of the vineyard chose to pay them last, because he actually wanted them to see what was in their hearts. He wanted them to see the spirit in which they were doing the work. He wanted them to see that they were, that they were just doing the work out of, out of mathematics, calculating, exacting, entitled hearts. Okay, I'm going to do this, and he's going to give me this, because I deserve it. That's right. He's honored to have me working here in this vineyard. And they had forgotten. Maybe they never even realized how much of a privilege it was to spend the whole day in the master's vineyard. A vineyard they had not purchased, a vineyard they had not planted, a vineyard they had not protected, a vineyard they had been invited to work to when they would have had nothing else to do for that whole day. They had been given the health and the opportunity to experience every moment of working in the vineyard, and it should have humbled them. They should have said, I've had a wonderful day here in the vineyard. I know I've worked hard, but it's been good for me. I feel good about it. If the master will have me, I'll work for this master another 12 hours tomorrow and another 12 hours the next day because he's a good master and this is a great vineyard. That would have been the correct response. Now compare their prideful, haughty attitude to the spirit of the 11th hour worker who would have just squandered his whole day doing nothing and would have had nothing to show for his whole day. They trusted the master. They didn't even make a deal. Notice this. They didn't even make a deal with the master beforehand how much they were going to be paid. They didn't make a firm contract. They didn't protect themselves. They just trusted his goodness. Here's a man, and he's willing to give me work in his vineyard. And, you know, he's a good man. And I'm just going to trust in his goodness and in his grace and in his generosity. And whatever I get at the end of the day, I'm going to be thankful for it. And they were rewarded for it. And what pleasure the master had in, in rewarding them for their faith and for their service for and in him. They were like, think of it, they were like Abraham, the father of faith, who knowing not where he would go, with no guarantees, he's obedient to the call of his Lord. And so these 11th hour workers are, are so blessed. And, 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 and so to Peter and the disciples, the lesson in the end is, your blessing is secure. I will reward you more abundantly than you can ever even think or imagine. But don't expect 
these rewards because of your self-sacrifice, because of your self-denial, because of your self-importance and self-righteousness. No, no, no. That's not why you're going to be rewarded for working in my vineyard. You are going to be rewarded because I am the great worker and I am the great giver and I am the great God and the great king and the greatest gift that I will give you is myself. That's what you will get. Yes, you, yes, you're going to get thrones, but there's even something better than thrones and ruling. You're going to have me. Remember our podcast from a few weeks ago, heaven, not a place, but a person. That's the reward of heaven. It's not what we get. It's who we get to be with. How about some practical lessons just in closing now about working in the vineyard? Just some thoughts, simple thoughts. Number one, I believe, I truly believe, and the older I get, I see this. I see this in so many individuals who I know and love. I believe that suffering is a work of God. I believe that suffering is a work of God, that God has called many in his vineyard to simply suffer in accordance to his will. And I say that with a heavy heart because there are many that are suffering within our, within our very church community and in the whole world as we speak in the household of faith. Uh, my wife Heidi had an aunt, Aunt Sophie, she was bedridden for many years with multiple sclerosis. And every time we would uh, go back to, to Newfoundland, Heidi would always go visit her multiple times, and, and I would go sometimes with her. What always impressed me about Aunt Sophie, in, in her pain and in her loneliness, she lived in a, in a, in a home, and she, like I said, she was bedridden, only had a little cat to keep her company, essentially, what always impressed me was the verse text that she kept by her bedside. It amazed me. It spoke volumes to me that she would choose to put this verse on her bedside. Of all the verses in the Bible, this is the one she wanted in clear view that she could read every day and remind herself of every day. You know what it was? From the book of Romans. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That is the verse that gave her hope and strength and helped her endure. And she's in glory now. Her work is finished. God called her to suffer. God called her to be in a bed for many, many years and not have the function of her body. God called her to loneliness, and God called her to, to a, a very hard, earthly, physical life. And yet she kept her eye on the prize. She kept looking up onto her Savior, realizing that this is the work of God that he has given to me, and I will do it faithfully, because we know that even this will work together for my good, because I love God. And this is what he has called me to do according to his purpose. And so I say that to any who are suffering and enduring and going through 
trial this morning. God help you. God give you encouragement. God give you strength to work in his vineyard. This is what he has asked from you. We pray that any suffering would be relieved, but if not, it will work together for your good. You will be recompensed by a good and gracious and generous master at the end of the day. Secondly, perhaps you're bearing the heat and the burden of the day in terms of how much responsibility and pressure and stress are on you at this moment during this time. Perhaps you are bearing the burden of the, of the day in your family life, in the workplace, in your committees, in church life. And you feel the temptation to look around and say, why don't others help more? Why do I need to do so much? It's, it's overwhelming. I can't do this all. Lord, I need, I need more production from these last, the 11th hours, the 9th hours. I've been here since 6 o'clock. Identify, dear brother and sister, and I speak to myself, identify that complaint within yourself and replace it with thanksgiving to the Master and a prayer for more grace to keep being faithful to the work God has called you to do. And don't compare yourself to the others. You don't know their circumstances. And you don't know what kept them from getting to the vineyard a little later or, or why you, you can't see them right now. They're God's faithful workers too. God has a plan and a purpose and is working in their lives too. You just focus on your own attitude. And it is a privilege to work any day for the Master, whatever He has called us to do. So be encouraged by that. And finally, last of all, perhaps you don't think you can be of any use to God. Maybe, maybe you're at the tenth hour and you're still waiting and wondering, is my whole life going to pass? Is it, is it too late in the day now for me to serve the best of masters? My prime, my opportunity has passed. There's nothing I can do. I'm the 11th hour worker now. Hear the words of Christ. Go work in my vineyard. It's never too late to go work in the vineyard. Your life and your days are precious and they are counted. The psalmist tells us, teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. God is calling each and every one of us even today, no matter what your circumstances or your age or your opportunity or your ability, God is calling each of us today, go work in my vineyard. If you haven't trusted him yet as your only savior, as the one who has rescued you from your sin, that's the first work you've got to do. To receive and believe him as the savior of the world that the father sent the one who died on the cross for your sins because you could not do any work 
to clean your heart and to remove your sins from you. From you. That's the first work. And if you haven't done that, do so now and come to him and make him your great master. And then he will give you a work to do. He will work through you to accomplish his purposes for his kingdom in this, wor- in this world. He can do it. He does do it. He has a work for you to do. And the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Just trust him. And gladly receive him and offer your service to him. And he will use your life. The great worker will call you and use you in his vineyard. May the Lord bless these simple thoughts to our hearts this morning.